Good morning. Good morning. It is so good to be with you today. Happy Mother's Day. I know that you are all celebrating this at home. I know this is this is one of those difficult days for some. For some, this is a, a, a beautiful and joyous day because we have such great relationships with our mothers. And for some, it is not so... Uh, fun. It's, it's complicated and it's difficult. Uh, but I will encourage you today, uh, whatever your relationships are like, to honor those people in your life, specifically those women who have mothered you, who have been a blessing to you, who have mentored you, who have been a living example of Jesus to you. Reach out to them, say thank you, uh, love on them because they definitely deserve it. Uh, I myself am very privileged and, and, and thankful for my mother. Um, you know, this has been a, a interesting few weeks. She had a, a big health scare a few weeks ago, uh, a, a stroke, and God has done some amazing things with her. And I tell you, she is, so it's almost as if nothing happened. And we are so blessed. And um, I, I just think back to those moments growing up and all those times when my mother was literally the mother hen. She was literally that person who, who cared for me, who protected me, <laughs> who defended me, even if it made me look a little weak in front of my, you know, guy friends. Um, but she did that because she loves me. And, and I remember uh, that, you remember those moments whenever you can remember the voices of, um, of your parents so clearly and vividly. I remember, um, you know, that moment when my dad would stand outside of our house and he would whistle for me. You remember those those calls that your parents made? My dad had a whistle, and you could hear it for miles. Well, as a kid, miles was probably more like blocks or maybe a few houses down. But it was loud, and I, I think it carried really far. And my dad's whistle meant that I was in trouble. Um, it meant that I needed it to be home five minutes ago or that I had something to do, and I, I better get ready to work. What, but my mom, whenever she would come out and yell for us, it was a little softer, but it was usually for something a, a lot better, for like meals or, or something. And, and, and so I, I've, been, I've been thinking about my, my parents' voice this week. I've been thinking about my mom's voice. And, and, and the question I had was, when is the first time I remember hearing my mother's voice? And I, I started thinking, I, I don't remember that. It's kind of always been there. It's always been there. And, and I think for the, for the most part, most of us, for our parents' voice, when we remember that, we probably don't remember in a first time, uh, unless maybe you were adopted. But I found a video of a little tiny baby who, through the help of a cochlear implant, is able to hear her mother's voice for the very first time. Watch this. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I've never seen that face before. Hi. <laughs> Are you emotional? You're going to make me cry. Hi. Use your little chin. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, are you going to be emotional like your mama? Yeah. You're so sweet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love you. I 
love you. Did you see that face? How intently that child was looking at her mom? And you see this, and, and you know it's the very first time this baby is hearing the voice of mom. And how emotional that must be. Overwhelmingly emotional. There's, there's tears, and, and there's almost, you know, smiling. And, and there's even that moment when, when this child tries to mimic mom. It, this this really got me. But there is intentional um, focus there. Uh, and it's amazing because there are so many different voices in our world today. So many voices. There are voices on news, television, radio, internet, so many voices. And, and, and which ones do we listen to? Which of these voices do we trust? Which voice do you follow? You know, last week we heard Jesus tell us that he is the gate of the sheep. Uh, he is our protector. He's our defender. He's that, that border between life and death. That's, that's who Jesus is from his very own mouth. He's the, ones, the one who keeps predators and evil at bay and separated from us. And this week we, we continue right where we left off in John chapter 10. So turn to John chapter 10. We're going to be starting in verse 11. It's also in your app if you want to turn there. There's notes there as well. Let's go ahead and read this together. He says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it the man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep now to give a little context here in this day and age that jesus is speaking the shepherd image was very familiar and i would say it's probably similar to to how we are with cows now, we have all, at some point in our life, if you've grown up in West Texas, you've seen a cow or you've been really close to a cow, but do all of us work with cows or are we all ranchers? No. But we know what cows look like. Some of us, most of us know even what cows smell like. And, and, and so we know what cowboys are like and ranchers are like. It's, it's our culture and our upbringing. So that is an image that we are very familiar with. And this shepherding image is an image that these people this audience was very familiar with um, they knew shepherds and not only did they know shepherds but they also knew hired hands hired hands were just that they were temporary help if um, in fact if you were a shepherd and and you were bringing your sheep into a town for some reason or another usually they would have a series of caves or some sort of a round circular pen outside the town and if you wanted to get uh, some some rest or take a bath or something then then you would uh, you know house your sheep into one of these community sheep pens and uh, you would put all your sheep there the shepherd would go in there and make sure everybody was accounted for and then he'd leave them with a hired hand who would protect them and usually he would protect them pretty well unless something really bad happened and then he would he would leave um, this is a, a cave that I showed last week but but this is right outside of one of these little villages and you can see how there's just a little entrance that they've made 
uh, and they're able to uh, kind of house a lot of these sheep in that. But, but if, if something bad were to happen, the hired hand would probably not stay. I mean, he's probably not getting paid enough to risk his life. And, and so what would happen is the very next morning, this uh, shepherd would come back or however long it took for him to take a bath and get some rest, he would come back and even though there may have been three or four different flocks present, he would just call and speak whatever that call is that he would use and his sheep would filter out of the pen. Sometimes there were multiple shepherds at the same time and they would all be calling and for some reason, I still don't understand it, the sheep would find their particular shepherd and then the shepherd would take them out to breakfast go to some fields whatever they did isn't that amazing how the shit the sheep know the voice of the shepherd jesus specifically says that he is the good shepherd that lays down his life for his sheep these sheep are his he is invested and he is always with them So he continues in verse 14. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay my life down for the sheep. So as I'm reading through this, I always ask questions and one of the questions I asked was, why did he use the word good? Why does he say, I am the good shepherd? Why didn't he just say, I am the shepherd of Israel or I am your shepherd? Why did he have to distinguish between shepherd and good shepherd? Turns out, I know this is probably, you know, something brand new for you. Not all shepherds are good. (laughs) There are some shepherds that aren't necessarily cut out for the job. Um, Not all shepherds care or are really that concerned with their sheep. For example, uh, this is the news story that, that, that aired one morning. Just watch this. Take a look at this. And just count away. Um, one, two, two three, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, Jack's now passed out. How high are we supposed to count? 1,300. Oh, that's a lot of sheep. On the move. Now, they made their way into a city in Spain early this week. Why, you might ask? Well, we understand... <laughs> Their shepherd actually fell asleep. <laughs> Do you think he was counting them? Police apparently just found the guy. He was finally able to guide the sheep out of town before too many people woke up to see that. So apparently, if you're trying to count your sheep in the middle of the night and you have 1,300, you're going to fall asleep. Apparently, that's what happened. But some shepherds fall asleep. Some, he lost his sheep and they just wandered off. 1,300 of them in the middle of this Spanish town. Some shepherds fall asleep. Some shepherds are so self-consumed that they leave their, their sheep to their own devices. Some shepherds aren't as attentive as other shepherds. And some are just downright mean. You know, and Israel had been subjected to some, some mean shepherds. Shepherds who weren't good. Ezekiel 34, God says this, and starting in verse 2, Woe to you, shepherds of Israel, who only take care of yourselves. You have not strengthened the weak, or healed the sick, or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays, or searched for the lost. And so a little later, God tells them through, through Ezekiel, He says, I myself 
will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel. There they will lie down in good grazing land, and there they will feed in a rich pasture. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. What does that passage sound like? Psalm 23. God's telling us, and He has been telling us for a while, He's a good shepherd. Jesus is also telling us in John chapter chapter 10 that He's not like those shepherds who are more like hired hands or caretakers. He's good. And his mission is to care for the weak and the injured and the sick. And there are a lot of sheep that need care. And he's here to seek the lost, to bring them back. This is who who Jesus is. And then he says in John chapter 10, verse 16, he says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. These sheep are going to listen to the voice of the shepherd. They will listen to Jesus' voice because he is their shepherd. And when Jesus says this, you know the leaders of Israel, the ones who are listening. Remember, he's talking primarily to Pharisees and, and, and leaders at this in John chapter 10. They would have understood the reference he was making to uh, this idea about shepherd, specifically um, that Ezekiel passage. There are several other prophetic uh, passages where, where God is talking about himself as a shepherd. And for Jesus to say this, to say that he is the good shepherd, this is more than him just using an illustration. This is, this is him saying that he is doing what God said he was going to do. This is a, a divine claim here. He's claiming to be divine and sent. It's clear Jesus God has come to shepherd his people. And Jesus is doing everything that God told those shepherds of Israel back in Ezekiel, what he was going to do. Healing the sick. Laying down his life for us. Seeking and saving the lost. He's offering to heal us. He's offering to help us. So why in the world would we say no to that? I think maybe one of the only answers is because we've been following a different shepherd. And it comes back to our original conversation. With so many voices in our culture, in our world today, which voice are we listening to? Because the one you listen to the most is going to be the one that is most easily recognizable. And if you aren't listening to Jesus then will you recognize him or his voice? The voice we listen to is going to be the voice we are most inclined to follow. And if we aren't listening to Jesus, then how will we know if he's talking to us or where he's even trying to lead us? How many times have we said, God, tell me what to do. Lead me where you want to go. But 
we're so entrenched in all these other voices we don't hear what what god's telling us we're wandering we're aimless some of us are even lost Sometimes we follow the loudest voice. And those voices, they alternate. Loud over here one day, loud over here another. But the world's voice is loud, and it is seeking to lead us toward a very dark end. It does not seek our good. It does not care for us. It wants us to trust it, but it is not trustworthy. It wants our attention, but it will never attend to us. It wants our loyalty, but it will never be loyal to us. But Jesus is the good shepherd. He knows you, and he is ready to be known by you. And he's speaking even now. He's even calling you by name. He's ready for you to follow, to come. And some of us, we don't recognize it because we've not stopped long enough to actually listen. So today's the day. Jesus is ready to hold you close. <laughs> I mean, he's ready right here. He's got you. And he's speaking to you gently. He's calling you. And he's trying to let the Spirit help you. The Spirit's much clearer than any implant we could ever put inside someone's head. And if you let him give you this Spirit, you will hear him say, softly he'll even call you by name today could be the first day when you actually recognize his voice so if you choose to follow Jesus as your shepherd I'm going to encourage you with a few key points here and then I'm, and then I'm finished Recognition begins by listening. Recognition happens with time and attention. So begin to listen with your ears and then with your mind and then with your body and then with your soul. Spend time with your shepherd and get to know him. He already knows you. He already knows you inside and out. Know him. And then you learn how to listen. And then trust develops by listening to the voice of your shepherd. Trust. And Jesus is trustworthy. He will lead you to what you need each and every day. It may not be a pasture filled with, with knee-high, green, lush grass, but it's what you need for the day. It's what you need. So trust Him to care for you. Because He will. And finally, when you trust in your shepherd, you will need to move and to follow him. Because honestly, if God led us to green, belly-high grass, 
would we really want to leave? Or how many of us would just say, oh, perfect. I'm going to just sit down, make up camp, and stay for a while. To trust is to be willing to move and to follow him wherever he leads us. Even if it's away from the nice, tall, lush grass to something that may seem a little uncertain. It's not about staying in the pen when you're following your shepherd. It's about moving. It's about following to the next hill, to the next pasture, to the next watering spot. Because God's flocks, they're not stationary. We're mobile. How do you think we will spread the gospel if we're not moving? Trust means being willing to follow wherever he leads. There's so many voices. So many voices speaking today. Which voice will you choose to listen to? Which voice will you choose to trust? And which voice will you choose to follow? Today's the day. Our praise team is going to come back up and we're going to sing. And if you need to talk, if you want today to be the day that you give your life to God and you want to get baptized, email me. My email is on the screen. Comment in our Facebook section. Comment in our YouTube section. Call us at the church office. Whatever you need to do, reach out to me and we will make this happen. Because today is the day to follow the voice of your shepherd. Let's sing together.